Welcome back to Reddit's Dark Side. This is season 3, and on this show, I cover true scary encounters posted by people on Reddit. If you have a crazy story or wild encounter that you would like to share, feel free to email me at redditsdarkside at gmail.com. Now, let's get into the show. The time a raging customer stalked me in his truck, posted by RBLCHLD. I, 24 female at the time, was 21. I lived in a larger small city in the Midwest. At the time, I had no car, a bicycle, and hardly enough money for the public buses. I worked at a retail battery, lighting, and repair store. I worked full-time and only lived a little over a mile from my job. Since I was a female in a male-dominated field, was often used to targeted abuse from men that thought they knew better. Many times I stood my ground and flaunted my knowledge in the subjects that these men couldn't grasp. Because of my willingness to learn and my close proximity to work, I often worked all sorts of hours, mostly by myself. This time, I was the person closing and had a co-worker, Joey, 22 male, who came in for a part-time shift after he wrapped up classes at the local college. He had a close friendship and we often stood up for each other and stood in when we were flustered or needed to go to the bathroom in the back. Joey received a phone call for possible repair on a smartphone, possibly LG, low tier phone, and he wasn't 100% sure if it was a phone that we could repair. He asked the young female caller to stop by for a consult. She had quickly agreed and said that she would stop by around 5.30 p.m. This was the night that I was supposed to get done at 6 p.m. and catch the bus at 6.12. It was a windy, drizzly, early fall night. I remember this because I had my bike with and it became my anchor that night. A little before 6 p.m., this frantic, terrified, bawling, 19 to 20 something year old woman came into our teeny shop. I was at the counter switching out aging price tags and general store management. I looked up at her, confused and willing to help. She looked at me deep in my eyes, asking if Joey was here. At the time, he was pooping in our teeny bathroom in the back, so I had to step in and help out any customers. I told her that he was currently busy and I was willing to help her. She handed me her smashed cheap phone very timidly. My customer service skills couldn't prepare me for what she was going to say next. She quietly told me that her boyfriend, who was out in his red mini truck in the small front parking lot, had gone angry and smashed her phone when she tried to call her sister that afternoon. I took the backing off the phone and tried to research the model for any possible screen repair. No results found. I tried to hand the back of the destroyed phone and she pushed it back in my hands with a pleading look. Then the honking commenced. There was this light drizzle outside, so our front glass door was covered in beaded drops. It was slightly fogged over. I couldn't see who was honking out there. I told her again that I couldn't help her and to try her cell phone repair competitor down the road. The tears started to flow down her cheeks, and I was freaked out at this point. She kept throwing glances behind her, and the honking would not stop. I shook with fear and rage at this point. I myself was in a domestic abuse situation at the time, and knew that this girl was experiencing. I broke my lock stare on her and tried to look in our system a second time for a replacement screen. Nothing again. 
I looked up from our computer and saw a shady figure of a young man pacing in front of the store. I was just happy that the honk had stopped, but I was increasingly shaken up. My whole body vibrated with fear, and I whispered across the counter if she needed me to call 911. She slammed her hands down on the counter and said that I couldn't do that. She begged me not to. At this point, Joey came out from the back and asked me what all the honking was from. We had a lot of elderly farmers, lazy and disabled customers that would honk their horns for us to pick up heavy battery cores from their cars. He thought that was one of those situations, but with the looks on our faces, he knew something horrifying was happening. The young guy stopped pacing outside and began banging on our front door. Joey took the girl's phone from my hands and said for me to go to the back and lock the back employee's only door. I did what I was told and grabbed my bag, my bike, and my jacket. I looked at the clock on the back and read 614. I spent 15 minutes with this girl, both of us feeling like trapped animals. Joey did bodybuilding during his free time. It was a gentle, non-confronting, short but stocky Asian guy. I was a short, obese, kind lady that would respond either of two ways, like a doormat or ready to stamp my ground. I knew that I couldn't fight a customer, and neither could Joey. Not because of physical reasons, we'd lose our jobs and had no idea what to do. The young guy threw the door open, and the wind kept the door open. He had this manic, hateful look about him, a total predator he was. He was slim, but muscular, early to mid-twenties, and was soaked by the rain. He took the broken phone off the counter and took the girl in tow. He hurled insults at us and gave the girl a pitied look. He slammed the door back shut, and both Joey and I stopped in absolute silence. He snapped out of it and ran to the front door and locked it. I told Joey to call our manager from our store landline and stood around while he did. I noticed the guy had moved his truck directly in front of our door. He was watching us from his truck, watching us behind the counter as we were on the phone with our manager. I had to leave to get home. The last possible bus came at 6.42 and I couldn't pedal my way home in this weather. In all the circumstances that had just occurred, the time was around 6.18. I just needed to cross the busy highway and down the sidewalk by an eighth of a mile to the nearest bus stop. Joey, the guy, and I played the waiting game. It was 6.23 when the dickhead finally left our parking lot. I told Joey that I would leave at 6.25 so I could arrive at the stop safely. Joey opened the front door and I threw myself on top of my bike, pedaled harder than I could ever imagine. Now mind you, our store was an industrial shopping area at the very edge of town. We worked next to a sub shop and worked across from a strip mall with a bullseye store, a local chain grocery store with other retail stores and a bank all in that large lot. It started to downpour and I tried to pull out of our parking lot, straddling my bicycle. I caught a glimpse of the red truck looping around the sub shop. The highway had dual lanes each way and I had to play real life Frogger if I wanted to make it to my destination in one piece. There was a few cars that slowed for me as I hauled ass to the other side of the road. I jumped off my bike and threw it on the top of the curb. I promptly hopped back on and tried to pedal off. My front wheels was stuck in the grassy strip and my right foot had slipped off the pedal. My shin struck the pedal and I had to act quickly. I grabbed the frame in my bike and jogged awkwardly to the bus stop. The red truck pulled into the bank parking lot, of which I had just passed. The truck pulled around and went out through the entrance across from the sub shop and took the closest lane to me. He went at the crawl and turned at the red light so he could circle the main parking lot of the shopping center. There was three ways to get into the parking lot, one on the left, one in the center, slightly off to the right across from the sub shop and the other far right next to the grocery store. I stuck to the sidewalk since it felt safer and was in front of people. The truck patrolled the parking lot, the hunter stalking its prey. I felt cold and sore and cornered just like an injured animal. 
There was a couple of cars that pulled into the left entrance of the parking lot, causing the truck to stop from re-entering the lot again. I almost collapsed in the shitty bus stop and felt my phone buzz. I saw it read Joey, so I rested my bike on my person to answer the call. Joey told me that he was watching and even though he had an elderly couple in the store that he was helping, that he wouldn't allow the guy to hurt me. I started to cry and all of this had just gone to me. The red truck looped around once again and again and I saw the bus pull up early at 6.39 and I couldn't be happier. I knew the driver since I used the buses to get around town, errand shopping and to get to and from work. I had my stupid fucking bike to worry about. I hung up the phone with Joey, putting my phone in my jacket pocket and strapped down my bike in the rack that was in front of the bus. I struggled since I shook and my bike was slick from the rain. I got on the bus and turned to the open doors and saw the truck took a left at the center of the lot. I could finally let my guard down. I sat at the front of the bus and my hands shook and trying to get the 125 for the fare. The driver said that it was okay and that I could take my time with the change. I cut my backpack on and pulled my damp phone from my pocket, dialing Joey's number letting him know that I was fine and under 15 minutes I made it to my apartment safe. But deeply disturbed, I took my bike in so it wouldn't draw any attention to where I lived. All this gave me the idea to leave my own domestic abuse situation a few months later when COVID took the world by storm. To this day, I wonder about that girl and hope that someday, more daring and stronger than me, called the cops on her abuser, that she had the strength to leave the violent man for her to write her own story and to recover from all of it. I'm currently doing significantly better in life and finally have my own car and I live a couple states away safely from my past life. Even though I'm states away and it's been three years now, let's not meet. Sorry for any formatting errors. I'm on mobile. Creepy Dude on the Trail, posted by Snoop Peripherals 6557 It finally started raining here, so I took my son, 14, out mushroom hunting over the weekend. It was later than we normally go, and the sun goes down much earlier, but we were taking a quick trail to the river and back in hopes to finding turkey tails or chanterelles. I know I said that wrong. We took a wrong turn and ended up going through a big field which the trail would take us back around to the main trail, to the river. As we walked towards the main trail, the last group of people had left, and it was just me and my son. We walked along, out of the thickest side of the trail, came this weird man. He had a dog with him that was alert at his side. He was staring at us as we walked closer towards him. Then he started waving at us. This really weird, slow wave. I was immediately uncomfortable and goose bumpy, but didn't want to be impolite. So I half-heartedly waved back while staring back and telling my son to slow up a little. I didn't want to actually meet up at the junction. After a full minute of us dowling, the guy slowly turned and began walking down the trail toward the main trail. I was wary walking, didn't want to go too fast, and we stopped to look at some plants. So the guy and his dog got further down this trail which curved to the right and continued on two blocks to the junction. I was thinking, if this was a creepy let's not meet, this dude will be waiting around the corner. And sure enough, he was standing at the junction, off to the left towards the parking lot. And to the right was a .6 trail to the river. Dude was just standing there, with his dog staring at us, not moving at all. Both my son and I were like, holy shit, WTF, let's keep wide to the right. And saying he looks old, we could run faster than him. And just generally planning for freaky deaky just in case. He kept staring at us, so... 
As we approached, I asked if he was okay. He kept staring back. He was greasy-haired, teeny round glasses, a blue windbreaker, plaid lawn sleeves, about 50 years old. His dog was a small beagle mix. He didn't answer me at all, just kept staring. We turned to the right and walked about a block. I had my phone cam facing me, so I could watch him over my shoulder, and the only movement was him slowly shifting his direction to continue staring at us. I didn't say anything to him. It was moderately unsettling, his stare, made more so by his lack of response, emotionless face, weird teeny glasses, slow wave at us like zombie MFKA. He did leave because on our way back, he was no longer standing on the main trail. So, hey freaky deaky forest zombie dude, for sure stay in the thickets and let's not meet. TDLR, silent staring socio on the trail. Odd couple outside Walmart, posted by curb underscore regala. I am a drug addict, now clean, and this is one of three or four close calls I've had in my prior days living on the streets. I was hanging outside Walmart in my city one evening. It was probably around 10 p.m. Not having much to do or anywhere to go, I was, as usual, just killing time. This guy approached me and we got to shooting the shit. He seemed an okay guy and explained he was just heading inside to boost a few things and knew a guy out in the suburbs that paid top dollar for merch. When you are on the streets, this is a quick way of scoring, trading stolen merchandise for either cash or drugs. I agreed to wait for him while he went inside and then the plan was to hop on rapid transit to go meet this dude and score. He returned about a half hour later. We started heading to the subway and we were chatting about what kind of stuff we both had to trade. I already had a few items I had scored earlier and I was kind of looking forward to getting top dollar for my product as he explained this guy was quite generous. In retrospect, I should have caught this play from the beginning, as I'm quite sharp usually, but being dope sick, I wasn't thinking very straight. All of a sudden, this girl shows up and starts walking beside us, introduces herself to us, and ends up tagging along. On the subway, there she's talking about Jesus and all these good things in her life. This disgusting twat was into none of it, but again, at that time, I was kind of oblivious. We got off at our stop and started walking to the merch dude's house. On the way there, it became very evident that the two knew each other. There was a bit of whispering going on, and what originally flagged my intel was when the Jesus talk stopped and the sinister prostitution stories she had experienced plus some other dark stories started and persisted. Started making me nervous. We finally got to the merch guy's house. No lights on. There was obviously no one home. But the idiot dude kept knocking on the door as if the guy was expecting him. At this point, I knew there was no merch guy, and this was just some random house. We left the property, and I swear to this day, the look in both their faces screamed darkness. We were walking up a hill, and he was telling me how now that his friend was at home, he had a plan B. I looked behind me as we were walking, and there was now another guy following us, about 10 feet behind, and he was crossed the next intersection, a guy traveling towards us from the adjoining sidewalk, turned in front of us and was now walking about 10 feet in front of us. Now the guy and the girl, right beside me, wedged right up next to me, and this disgusting biatch is talking about human trafficking and what happens to people during ransom scams and really scaring the shit out of me. So yeah, now alarm bells are going off, full tilt, and I'm wondering what I did in this life to end up in a situation like this. 
I said, shit, I gotta tie my shoe, and stopped. I looked down. Then without looking up, I drove my foot right down into the guy's knee, which hyperextended. I punched the girl in the throat, and she hit the deck. The two guys in front were now a couple feet away, coming to grab me. I slipped out to the left and sprinted across the street, all the way up to the next intersection. There was a bus coming, the opposite way. I turned left and sprinted to catch it, where it was pulling over to stop. I caught up to it and got on, glanced back, but there was no one behind me or chasing me. I was completely out of breath and the bus driver just said, Calm down there, partner. There will be another bus in about four hours when the sun rises. No need to run that fast to catch this one. I gasped for his thank you and the bus pulled away. In about five minutes, I was back at my original subway station we had gotten off at. I caught the last train back downtown, cried the whole way back. I'm a 39-year-old male. Unfortunately, scenarios like that are extremely common where I live and most people aren't that lucky. Most people end up turning tricks or tied to a chair, tortured and getting money extorted from their families. To that odd couple, I decided to trust. Let's never meet. Today's episode is sponsored by Pacific Sensi. Pacific Sensi is a boutique farm in Oregon that grows top shelf quality hemp flower. Hemp flower looks, smells, and smokes like weed, except it's low in THC, so it doesn't get you high. Pacific Sensi flower is loaded with CBD, so you can enjoy the benefits of cannabis without feeling burned out, paranoid, or anxious, relaxing after work, or even at work a day at the beach, or on the go. Pacific Sensi Flower is non-intoxicating, so it's perfect anytime. Lab tested, federally legal, and discreet shipping right to your front door. Pacific Sensi is greenhouse grown, seedless, and always fresh. Go to www.pacificsensi.com. That's www.pacificsensi.com. To order now, use promo code RDS for 10% off. Creepy Neighbor, posted by Top Score Flan2224. Hi guys, this is a real story that has absolutely traumatized me and my boyfriend. Two years ago, I moved to the UK for university, as I always wanted to go there and get away from my parents as the situation at home was beginning to become too toxic for me. In first year at uni, I moved into a student accommodation and met some really great people. It was a good year without meeting my boyfriend, who I'm still with and just enjoying my time away from family and discovering what independence really meant. Anyhow, a second year came by and I decided, with some friends, to move into a house rented by student accommodations. But at least we had our own house, and weren't restricted as much with noise and parties as living in a small flat shared, like in first year. Note, I had a ground floor room, and my window gave in to a very small backyard, in which I would go smoke every day as I am a smoker, and in which there would be very thin wooden doors, giving into the other side of the street where you would put your bins and broken chairs, blah blah. The door could only be closed and locked from the inside of the backyard. But since it was an old door, we had to attach some strings to keep it closed for good. I had neighbors on each side of the house, so we were surrounded by families and some other student accommodations. The neighbors on the right side of us were five boys who looked way over the age of being in university. They were strange, so, to say. I met one of them outside of our house one day because of a police intervention due to one of his flatmates attacking him and the others with a kitchen knife and burning their kitchen down 
I heard some screams and I went outside with my flatmates and saw one of them being covered in blood with cuts everywhere on his arms and a wound on his head inflicted by a kitchen knife. Me and my flatmates didn't know what to do so we offered him our help to clean himself and gave him an old t-shirt to change out his bloody clothes with. We then saw the guy who heard these flatmates being escorted out by police and into a van and driven off to be arrested. I don't know anything more about the story. The police didn't really tell us anything. Anyway, the guy who we helped was quite weird. He said a lot of BS and kept trying to grab me and flirting with me. And we noticed when helping him, he smoked quite a lot of marijuana, but just didn't really care at the moment, as we just wanted to make sure he was okay, as we didn't know him. Then after some time passed, I would go to uni and come back home and see him quite often in the street. It just never said a word to him again. But one day, he came up to me in the street while I went to the corner shop and started to talk to me weirdly and I didn't feel comfortable at all with that for some reason. So I just didn't respond to him. He then said, oh that's okay, I'll just wait in front of your house then and we could talk further. No need to say I was creeped out and just thought he was joking. So I bought my drink at the shop and headed back to my street and as I turned into the street where my house was, I saw him with his flatmate sitting on my doorstep waiting for me. So I panicked and went back next to the corner shop and called my only guy flatmate to ask him to open the door and tell the guys to go away. But obviously, he wasn't home and no one else was either. So I literally just waited it out until they left one hour later and then sprinted back home and locked the front door. Note, my front door had a glass panel on it where you'd be able to kind of make out who was standing in front of it. After this already pretty scary encounter, I just tried to avoid the guy. It mostly succeeded for a while, but then one day, I went smoking in the backyard. I noticed that the wooden door, which is always closed, was open, and the strings that we put there to keep it closed were cut off. For whatever reason, I didn't think anything of it, and just closed the door again and put a new string on it, thinking it was one of my flatmates who took the bins out and just didn't tie it back. The weird neighbors would very often scream and yell and fight in their house and it would wake me and my flatmates up in the middle of the night but we kind of got used to it after a while. But one evening my boyfriend slept over like he usually did and he who usually never ever wakes up because of noise woke up in the middle of the night because of a bane and some whispering. I was sound asleep, so he very silently woke me up and we both just waited in the dark and listened for any other noise. Suddenly, we heard the wooden door just bang, just shot open and some footsteps next to my window. I always had my window open because it would get really warm inside. So we both just froze and then heard the door leading to the backyard get shaken softly as if they were trying to get inside and then they stopped. Luckily, we had the curtains closed, so they couldn't see us, but we were ready to get dressed and get the F out of the room and lock them if they came in from the window. Then we just heard my window move and get more open, and one of the guys saying something in different language that we didn't understand and started to hear them trying to get in. My boyfriend and I just shot up out of bed, took my phone and put clothes on and ran out of the room and out of the house. So I then called my flatmates and told them to lock themselves in their rooms and then the police, who luckily came in less than five minutes as the headquarters was a couple of streets down from us. I don't remember anything after the police came. I think me and my boyfriend were in shock. They ended up catching the guy and the other fled and was later found a few streets up smoking weed. The police told us they went inside their house and found a lot of meth and heroin. 
and that they were just carrying a massive kitchen knife with them. I was so confused, as I've never done anything to offend or do anything wrong to my neighbors, so the idea of them breaking in with god knows what intentions with a kitchen knife terrorized me and my boyfriend. The guys ended up being arrested and one of them was put in prison for two years for carrying a weapon with intent to harm. I never heard anything from the police and I moved back home a few months later, as I was so scared and tormented for months on end, not knowing what would happen if my boyfriend didn't wake up. I'm still coping with it and finding it really tough to get over it. I've always asking myself, what if and what would have happened if I now often wake up because of the slightest noise and get horrible nightmares because of it. Hey, at least I'm still with my boyfriend and we often talk about it and it helps a lot.